Guys, you know we have some great sponsors on our show that have all sorts of great deals that we want you to take advantage of. But if you're driving or cooking or changing a diaper, it's hard to write down all the information and you wish you could have remembered the code. That's right. But we got your backs. Go to whatfreshhellpodcast.com and click on promo codes right at the top and you'll see a list of all our sponsors and all the special deals they offer to our listeners. Plus, whenever you visit our sponsors, you let them know you're listening, which is great for the show. So thanks. Raisins have no role in our lives. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Is this fresh bacon? (laughs) With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I'm just an Irish bog person to my core. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Oh, I definitely would be like... everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And guys, today we are talking about hot takes and unpopular opinions. And I had this idea because I was like, there's just a lot of stuff you want to say, but you're like, "Mm, no one will agree with me on that. And so Amy was like, well, let's take it to the What Fresh Hell podcast group on Facebook and see if people have unpopular opinions. Let's just see. I was like, let's just see if anybody has a hot take they want to share with us. Like, what are the things that people are just holding on to on the inside? And we weren't sure. We were like, hmm, will anybody have anything to say? And 404 people (laughs) did have comments and they are so funny. I have to tell you, Amy, that it was back to school night last night at my kid's school. And I went and people were like coming up to me and being like, that thread on the Facebook group is so funny. Like, it's just like, who knew? I think a lot sometimes about like, we we seem so stressed and miserable sometimes as moms. Like, what is it? And like, I think what it is, is like, we have incredibly strong feelings about mayonnaise that we have nowhere to express. That's the highest calling of this podcast is to give voice to the voiceless mayonnaise haters. Basically, it's like those oldie timey films of like drilling for oil and like then then they start spurting out. Like we hit a geyser of opinions about raisins and mayonnaise that like people have just been stewing about. I'm going to come in hot and say mayonnaise is terrible. And I just the other day, you know, you can probably guess from my personality. I'm a pleaser and I'm not a food sender backer. Like it would have to be just like rancid to be sent back for you to send it back? That's funny because I think of you as somebody who's like, you like it the way you like it. I would have pegged you as a pernicious food center backer. I like it the way I like it, but oh well, I guess I'll just eat this burger that isn't cooked the way I want it. You'll just suffer in silence. That's the Irish Catholic part of you. Yes, but not if you step to me with mayonnaise on an item that wasn't specifically specified as having mayonnaise. I ordered a chicken sandwich the other day. And it came, and I took one bite of it without really looking, and I was like, oh, well, like, what is this? What fresh hell is this, right? I bring it up, and then I look at it. I thought it was tuna salad. And they're like, no, no, it's chicken salad on the sandwich. I'm like, well, it doesn't say that. Well, it's chicken. I'm like, I would never eat mayonnaise, and it was not disclosed, and you need to make me a new sandwich. I mean- Undisclosed mayonnaise is the name of your memoir. So my hot take is there should never be undisclosed mayonnaise in any item. Or any kind of mayonnaise, really. 
There should never be mayonnaise, but if there is... It should be disclosed. If you say like a tuna salad sandwich, I'm going to know what's coming and I can just otherwise order. But yeah, but don't just put it on there. I have a follow-up question. How do you feel about aiolis? I don't eat them, but I know that there's mayonnaise in it. So thank you for letting me know that there's, you know, a mayonnaise-containing thing. Okay, so you an aioli is no good for you. You don't want anything mayonnaise You like mayonnaise. Wow, you're missing out on the greatest joy of life. Oh, nope. And it's funny because I, for a long time, I had a full no condiment policy in my life. And then someone like helped me figure out mayonnaise, but I still won't eat ketchup or mustard. A lot of anti-ketchup folks, and I totally have your back. Like my husband knows that if the kids eat ketchup, he has to do the dishes because I can't even be around the smell of ketchup. Like it's horrifying to me. That's what was my like pregnancy thing. You know, your sudden aversions that you develop when pregnant. Mine was to ketchup. And my, I had a one and a half year old who called it Cheppa and he would only eat things if Cheppa was available. You know what I'm saying? Like he hated everything unless it had Cheppa. Yeah, no, I have a kid like that too. I mean, my 10 year old is still like that. He'll eat like whatever, anything, if you put ketchup on it. We go to a Chinese food restaurant and he orders ketchup. But Erica has my back on this on the Facebook group. Ketchup is disgusting. Thank you, Erica. You are correct. It is. Yeah. And it kind of never went away. Like I couldn't handle it when I was pregnant. Like the smell of it, the presence in the same room as me. I really had a hard time with it. That's how I feel. And I still do. Mm -hmm. Like if you spread ketchup on my forearm, I would confess to crimes. Like I am hideously, I have like a a hatred of ketchup that is like, if we spell ketchup on the rug, I would throw the rug away. Like there's no way I'm dealing with ketchup. Yeah. And if you're an actor, I have had to like wear like ketchup on myself, you know, like as like, no, I would quit that job, you know, shooting victim or something. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't care if it was like my Oscar winning role. I would be like, I'm afraid I'm not able to participate if ketchup is involved. So that's not for you. Okay. All right. Oh, horrible. We're so far in agreement. No, no, no. We're totally divided on mayonnaise. Totally divided on mayonnaise. How dare you? There's just a lot of funny, like what's funny about people's food stuff is that they're so sure about it. You know, Erica says steak should never be cooked well done. Oh yeah. She's right. She's right though. Yeah. Sarah, root beer is gross. Like it's so random. Yes. She's right. Lindsay, onions are the worst. I mean, onions are problematic, I guess, but they're not the worst. I have a friend who always tells waiters that she's allergic to onions, and I don't think she is. I think she just really, really doesn't like them. That's my hot take. My parents had a friend whose favorite food in the world was French onion soup with no onions. So what he liked is the French onion soup drained the onions out of it, and then just like the really oniony broth. And everyone, of course, used to mock him mercilessly, but I was like, I get it. That's what I like. I like oniony taste, no onions. That sounds like the, was it Van Halen that used to say on their, well, deluxe alert, Van Halen, back in my day, they were a band once, you guys. (laughs) A long time ago. But I believe it was their rider when they went and performed somewhere that they wanted like a big bowl of M&Ms, but no brown M&Ms. And it was like, well, they're so high maintenance, but it was mostly, I think the idea was if the brown M&Ms have successfully been taken out of the bowl, then we know that everything else will be right. That will go on stage and like the lights will be where they're supposed to be. It just also means that someone like had their like sweaty, grubby hands in your M&Ms for an hour. Like that's so appalling to me. Pick something else. But it seems to me onion-free onion soup is just somebody who's like, I'm going to expect something really unreasonable and see if I get it. No, I'm going to tell you what it is. It is my favorite category of food, which like 
We talk a lot on the podcast about the B video, which is an oldie locks alert. Back in my day. Second in a row, but like there used to be a band called Blind Melon and they had a song called No Rain and the video was about a girl who was dressed in a bee costume and everyone made fun of her through the whole video. And at the very end, she finds a field of people dressed in bee costumes and they're all dancing and she runs around dancing with them. And it's like this beautiful, like cute metaphor about how you find your people in life. My people in this lifetime are people who hate Surprise Crunch. Surprise Crunch is like celery in tuna salad. Like Surprise Crunch is like walnuts in brownies. I'm going to do a hot take and say, if you order tuna salad, I'm not sure that celery should be a Surprise Crunch. I think it's just a crunch. But it's still just the crunch is the surprise. I don't order tuna salad in restaurants because I know there's too high a danger of Surprise Crunch. So like, you're right. I don't, Again, like this is another theme we talk about a lot. I realize that I'm the only one who can solve my problem. So like I do not order strangers tuna salad because I realize I am putting myself in the path of surprise crunch, which I it ruins my day. When I bite into something soft and there's a crunch in it and Jessica has my back. Well, actually, Jessica's husband has my back because she says, per my husband, potato salad should not contain crunchy things, celery, onion, etc. Jessica's husband is 100% correct because surprise crunch... If I ever run off from my husband, it will be with Jessica's husband because he is my person. He understands the terror that is Surprise Crunch. Stephanie says that chicken salad is ruined by grapes, which is like, what? Who puts grapes in chicken salad? Well, this is in the category of who does this, which we had a lot of. Like someone said that raisins do not belong in um, coleslaw. Like who puts raisins in coleslaw? Raisins? Do we need to say that? Do we just, does that really have to be established that? Right. Like there's a lot of these that I'm like, right, who would do this? Like a lot of anti-raisins people, like raisins. I bought my husband a t-shirt at some point. It wasn't a t-shirt, but maybe it was a coaster or something. But it was like, get your stinking raisins out of my chocolate chip cookies. Like what kind of monster? People have strong feelings. Bridget says that, that all raisins and oatmeal cookies should be chocolate chip. Again, I feel like it's like surprise crunch. Like if you order an oatmeal cookie, you shouldn't say surprise raisin because it's an oatmeal cookie. No, no, no. Again, like that's your, but she's absolutely right. They should be chocolate chips instead. She's absolutely right. It should be chocolate chips. Raisins have no role in our lives. And I'm going to just go there. Neither did craisins. Yeah. Who was it? Kara says that raisins should be replaced with craisins. I no, I don't. It's your hot take, Kara. While we're getting rid of the raisins, let's just take them both out. I love raisins. I just had raisin granola this morning, and it was the tail wagging the dog. I had the granola just because there were some raisins in it. I really just wanted the raisins. Yeah, raisins are just one of those controversial food items that you're like, raisins (laughs) are just the saddest food. Like, who? I love them, but they ruin everything. They're just like... Well, you and I have this too because you like capers, which are another food ruiner. Yes, like flavor bombs. You put one caper in a dish for me and it's like, instead, why don't you just like put your cigarette out in it? Like a caper is the worst thing that could happen to me. Yeah, like I'll order things on menus. Like I'll order chicken because it says that the sauce has some capers in it. And it's one of those things like you're free to go buy those at the store and put them in your own food. Not if Margaret's coming over, but if I'm coming over... Just serve something with capers in it and I'll be delighted. There is a thing. I believe I can blame my mother-in-law for this. There is a jar of capers in my fridge and my husband feels similarly about capers. And we're just like, 
who put this here? Like, who was responsible? Why are there capers in our house? You're free to throw that out. I blame you, my mother-in-law. You know who you are. I think you did it. Do you think she coming back for it? Like, why are you living with it? Well, the other in-law food problem that we have, which was hotly debated in the mayo debate, it, Brandy said, my father-in-law only eats Miracle Whip. So, like, whenever he visits, we have a vestigial thing of Miracle Whip in the refrigerator for several months. I wasn't sure if that was... I thought Miracle Whip was an oldie locks alert. I mean, like, I used to eat it when I was a kid. Back in my day. Now I'm getting a little nauseous just thinking about it, but I didn't think it was still, like, existed. I mean, it's one of those mystery things. But he loves it. Like, it's fake mayonnaise. So mayonnaise is disgusting. You don't need fake mayonnaise, but it was sold to us like fake mayonnaise that's somehow better than real mayonnaise. It's just, you know, an all-chemical mayonnaise. My grandmother used to put it on sandwiches, and I did like it at one time, but... Well, if you ever have a craving for it, I have some in in my fridge because my father-in-law's been visiting. It's probably from 1986. It's the same jar. No, it's just, it's whatever, you can just look at the calendar and be like, when was the last time Meg's father-in-law was there? Okay, that's why they have Miracle Whip in the fridge. I love the hot take that is like, I'm going to give Mark's example, Coldplay should break up immediately. I love the hot take that's like, it's not just that I don't like Coldplay. I don't like going to sleep at night knowing that Coldplay exists, and therefore I demand that that band separate. It is confusing to me, the Coldplay, like I think that they are just the most like middle of the road pleasing, like how can you not like Coldplay? But the people who have that feeling, have that feeling specifically about like, how are they offensive to you? I'm going to tell you because I had this fight and ironically enough, or maybe it is an irony, I had this fight with my sister. My sister was like Gwyneth Paltrow. And this, she was early on that. This was like, now everybody hates Gwyneth Paltrow, but she like hated Gwyneth Paltrow when it was like a club downtown. Like she was way ahead of the Gwyneth Paltrow train. And she's like, I just can't stand Gwyneth Paltrow. And I responded, hating Gwyneth Paltrow is like hating milk. She's just like the absolute most kind of middle of the road like you said, like pleasing thing. Like, how can you hate Gwyneth Paltrow? It's not a thing. And she was like, you would hate milk too if milk won the Oscar. It was in your <laughs> face all the time. And I was like, huh. I think that's how people feel about Coldplay. It's like the blandness is what makes them hate them. Do you hate Coldplay? I feel exactly the same way as my old Gwyneth Paltrow argument. Like, how could you have any feelings about Coldplay? Right. I don't own a Coldplay album. People don't own albums anymore. What am I saying? Back in my day. It's like having strong feelings about air or water. It's just like, it's just a thing that exists. I don't understand how you can have strong feelings about Coldplay. But people do. We're not, gonna, we're not here to judge the hot take on Coldplay. <laughs> of course we're here to judge. This whole episode is judging. I'm going to like cut some of these listeners off. Like some people just cannot listen to the podcast anymore. Like people who think it's okay to put pineapple on pizza. I mean, we're not here to lose listeners. We're here to gain listeners, but I'm sorry. I had an ex-boyfriend, and I swear, like, one of the things that contributed to our breakup was his insistence on only eating Hawaiian pizza. Because he's like, well, we can get half Hawaiian. And I'm like, just pineapple running around the pizza in the box during the delivery ruins it for me. I don't like pineapple at all. I'm going to hot take your hot take. There shouldn't be pineapple in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Makes your tongue tingle. It's weird. But, I mean, can you imagine trying to love someone who was like, let's get a pizza delivered that involves pineapple on just my half. There is no such thing as a half pineapple pizza. Your pizza is infecting my pizza. 
And doesn't Hawaiian pizza usually have like pineapple, but also boiled ham, like hot boiled ham on it? Yes, wet ham. <laughs> what is wrong? This is why the world can never live in peace because some people like wet. I don't think that's Hawaiian. I don't think that's even vaguely actually Hawaiian. Oh yeah, we're not even going to get into the like ethnic problems of that. It's just disgusting. On many levels, there shouldn't be a Hawaiian pizza. I like Molly coming in with the hilarious hot take. You have to put ketchup on mac and cheese. To which Nikki responded, dear God, that is the hottest take I've ever seen. Because that is truly a hot take. Like, it's so random. It's so counterintuitive. And yet it's so insistent. That's a good hot take. Sometimes a hot take is a suggestion that actually makes your life better. And I got one of those after this. Beachbody On Demand is back as a sponsor this week. If you're like me, you discovered online fitness as a way to keep your sanity during these last couple of months. And with Beachbody On Demand, you get instant access to 1,300 different workouts you can stream anytime. I first learned about Beachbody, and you may have too, from P90X, which is an insanely effective workout, I will say. Fun and highly intense, but Beachbody also has yoga, bar, dance. There's a kids and family collection to get everybody moving. It's a huge, huge range of classes. And some of the classes get you results fast. By the time it would have taken you to drive to the gym, you did the 10-minute trainer, you're done. You can use Beachbody on your computer, tablet, phone, smart TV, anywhere you are. Listeners of the What Fresh Hell podcast can try Beachbody for free. You can get a special free Beachbody trial membership when you text laughing to 30 30, 30. You will get free full access to the entire Beachbody On Demand platform. All the workouts, all the support, all the content, totally free by texting LAUGHING to 303030. 30, 30. Check it out. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. I am actually happy when I open my sock drawer and I see those Bombas peeking out. Amy, they spark joy. I'm glad to hear that. And you wouldn't think that socks could spark joy, but I know that you're right because I feel the same way. I mean, who would have thought it, Amy? Who would have thunk it? They're like a little bit of happiness in my morning when I have Bombas to put on because they they just get all the little details right. The cotton is snuggly in a way that I can't fully express. There's no toe seam. <laughs> and there's a part across the middle that's like knit a little differently so it sort of hugs the arch of your foot. It makes me happy and I don't care what people say. I love Bombas. I want you to work on expressing about the toe seam, Amy. That's an assignment for <laughs> okay. you. These socks do more than keep your feet cozy though, Amy. For every pair you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. We're talking 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of three thousand giving partners. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash laughing. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash laughing for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash laughing. Okay, we're back. And Amy, you're going to tell us a way that hot takes make our lives better? Well, it seems, yes, that hot takes don't always have to be like these things are terrible. They can also be here, think of life this way and your life gets better. Okay. So Colleen, I like this Colleen and I'm going to take this on as my own. Colleen says, what I call the accessories to food and drink do not count towards calories or health benefits of any meal. Examples are dipping sauces, salad dressing, coffee creamer, etc. I mean, this is also the hot take of like broken food doesn't count. So like broken Oreos don't count as eating. Yes. And also eating while standing up doesn't count. 
Yeah, like if you're eating a salad, good for you, and you shouldn't feel too bad about how many grams of fat the dressing had in it because it doesn't count. Look at that. Well, this is my favorite thing about my husband because he's often like, I'm so proud of myself that I ordered a salad, especially when like we're on road trips and eating at like family-friendly places. And I'm like, that is like the blue cheese fried chicken on top of like two pieces of lettuce with like eight pounds of blue cheese dressing. Like I like that you think that's a salad. But those are just the accessories to a salad, so they're, they don't count. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's fine. I'm down with it. I'm going to cite a Margaret hot take, which is your sky rules. I like to apply, this is the truism that things on airplanes, you have your own rules and they don't apply to your real life at all. So I definitely eat when I travel M&Ms, you know, like have... Oh, no, no, no. Nothing that you eat in the sky counts. That's all fine, right? Yeah, totally fine. I would even count the airport. Like eating the Cinnabon, it's fine. It doesn't count. No one can see you. You're in an airport. You're shielded. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. I'm going to extend the sky rules cone to include taxi to the airport and any terminal uh yeah i mean when you develop massive health problems you may want to revisit this whole hot take but listen until then it depends on how often you travel sabrina we had a lot of like this thing is overrated hot takes which i enjoy sabrina okay all right back to the negative yeah but this sucks hot takes which are the best kind really sabrina says going to target is not a spa day even without children it's a chore i have expressed the same hot take myself i'm over target i love target i know but i I get it but i feel like all the target love and i'm over going in and being like you know i need $8 worth of tampons and being like, I have now left with a karaoke machine and I don't understand why. I love Target, but I will, like, I feel this way, Sabrina, about like, if you go to get your nails done, I mean, maybe people don't do this as much other places. In New York, you can get your nails done for like $12. And like, I looked like Raggedy Ann by the end of the summer, but I don't find that relaxing. I find that like getting a haircut. Like it's like... I was just saying that to somebody. It's This isn't fun. You just got to do it once in a while. I mean, I'm too embarrassed, but I would put a picture of my toenails up. I mean, they are unbelievable looking. There's like flecks of like, because the last time I got a pedicure was June. I cannot stand getting pedicures. I find nothing about it relaxing. Yeah. It's just like, how soon can I get out of here? Right? Yeah. Like someone's scraping at my feet. It's torture. It's not as bad as having ketchup on my arm, but it's close. Second. Can we go back in time? Like, I don't think, I guess our moms, if they had pedicures, just did it themselves. Like this idea that like our feet have to look beautiful. Can we stop that, everybody? Somebody was in flip-flops yesterday and I was in clogs and she's like, are those comfortable? And I'm like, I can't let anyone see my feet. It's a problem. (laughs) I have hairy hobbit toes and scary toenails and like my feet are not for public consumption. Right. Somehow now our feet have to look beautiful also. It's too much, people. Let's just stop. This makes me happy that it's fall. Which brings me to a lot of thought about the seasons. Jennifer, which I love, says fall is the second worst season. Uh, I'm with her. Like, that's a funny hot take because is I guess she thinks winter is the first. Yeah, I'm assuming winter is the first. Yes, I hate fall. I just like the hot take fall is the second worst without any description of what the first worst is. But yeah, we know what she means. Like, I can't enjoy fall for a second. And I wish that I could. I mean, I sort of envy the people who think... The turning leaves are pretty. You envy me. I love fall. Fall might be my best season. It might be my number one. I hate fall because it means that winter is coming and I can't enjoy the moment for a moment. I love spring. I love fall. I love cradling mugs. I love crunchy leaves. I love everything about fall. Uh, I don't fear winter. In fact, I am... 
I lived in LA for a long time and people were like, oh my God, you must love the weather. And I'm like, I hate the weather. It's too much sunshine. I don't like, we had a lot of people, Rebecca has my back on this. I hate the beach. I hate swimming, being hot. I think sand is gross. I am not a beach. I can enjoy a beach day, but it's not like, it's not my favorite thing. I have to stay away from the sand. My dad and my sister are sand taters. Like don't even want to go. I'm like, just wipe it off when you get to the car. Yeah, I get it. I'm not quite that extreme, but like the idea of living in LA in like 300 days of sunshine to me, it was not, it wasn't torture, but it wasn't great. It's a lot with the sun. I'm a bog person genetically. I belong in like a wet, marshy place. I'm just an Irish bog person to my core. And what do I want to, the sun shining on me all the time? It's enough. I wonder, there must have some like, you know, DNA thread of sub-Saharan something because, yeah, I want to be in the sun. I mean, I don't like February and March. Like, I get it already. I'm like, I get it. We're cold. It's miserable. I'm over it. But the fall is wonderful. The fall is so good. I love it all. I'm that cider-drinking, scarf-wearing monster who everyone hates. If it would stop there, I'd be fine. I have a friend who loves, like, pumpkin-flavored stuff. And he says that pumpkin-flavored Kit Kats are not good. Just everyone, just a little FYI. Oh, I'll eat them. I got no problem with them. I've got no fight with a pumpkin-flavored Kit Kat. Send them my way. Tell them to give them to me. I mean, I won't go out of my way for them. Molly takes the controversial pumpkin spice. Anything is terrible. And listen, the two things that caught a lot of backlash in this thread were bacon and pumpkin spice. I feel like people push back on the thing of like, all right, bacon with the bacon earrings and the bacon headbands and like the bacon pillows. It's enough. Like bacon's kind of gross. And I feel like bacon is just bacon. It's good. But when it gets to the point where like we're chewing bacon flavored gum, it's natural that people are going to be like enough with the bacon. I think bacon is a huge hassle to make. Like my kids would have BLTs for dinner. You have said this like nine times. Like you have a real stance against bacon. I mean, no, I mean, I'll make it, but it's just like the grease is gross. But also I feel like it takes like way longer to make bacon than it should. We make it in the microwave, which you think is gross, but I do think that's gross. (laughs) I don't know. It's just because then your microwave smells like bacon forever. Well, I think we only make bacon in it. So it's just our microwave is a bacon producing machine. It has no other role in our lives. All right. I'm going to allow that then. That's fine. That's all you use it for. But it does get greasy and you have to wipe it out and we don't. And so it's just, it is pretty gross, but maybe I'll try it. But we make bacon every day. I mean, I have a son who basically lives on bacon. I love bacon if like the diner makes it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, bacon is, we could do a whole episode just on bacon, guys. There's like, I don't like hard bacon, which I feel like when you get it out, out a lot, it's too hard. It's like they've already made it and then it's just sitting there. Like well done, like crunchy? Yeah. It just gets like, I like a fresh piece of bacon, which can be hard to get. I feel like the diner bacon, sometimes you're like, you made this like six hours ago. Is this fresh bacon? (laughs) See, you would think I'm the one who sends things back, but it's really Margaret. She's like, this bacon is not fresh. (laughs) It's funny because I think that is something that's... I'm a huge sender backer. I don't disapprove of it. My family's kind of in the restaurant business, and I I feel like I want the thing I ordered. I don't want the thing that you brought me. No surprise mayonnaise. And other than that, I'll just eat this thing I don't want. That is fine. I feel like that. I feel like people get that bet wrong. Can we, I love Tina's hot take and I want to bring it to the fore. It's completely non-food related, but I think it's important. Tina says the whole monogram trend drives me crazy. Not just on clothing, it's on dishes, hats, pillows, cars. (laughs) I live in Alabama. I see monograms on everything. 
It is a Southern thing. It's also in Scranton, PA, where I grew up. It's a big monogram thing. Everybody's got like monograms on their bathing suits. I don't know. Does a monogram mean your initials or does it mean your initials in script or does it just mean you put your name on something? Let me ask you this. Are the words monogrammed and personalized interchangeable? Monogram, I think, is the like, you know, like AEW, like in script that you have embroidered onto your daughter's like, you know, diaper covers and beach towels. Like there are, you know, your initials in an almost illegible fancy thing and you stamp them. Monogram for me would be like a total oldie luxor. Back in my day. I'll see if I can find it, but I can't. But it's like my grandmother would give us a monogram sweater every year. And that's what we wore for school pictures. And it would say, you know, M-A-M, I guess, with a big M in the middle. And I look back on them nostalgically, but like monogramming plays absolutely no role in my life. The thing about monogram with the kids clothing, which is a little bit weird, is that then it's like it's useless as hand-me-downs. Well, that's the thing. Although I will say that like we had six girl cousins and I often went to school in a t-shirt that said Donna on it. And I just was like, okay, it's fine. It's from my cousin. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It's from my cousin. (laughs) Like if it had Jaws, like a picture of Jaws and it said Donna on it, I was like, I'm totally wearing it because this is awesome. And like, I'll just explain that Donna is actually my cousin. That was like, you were so oldie loxing alerting it for me. This was like when you went to the Jersey Shore as a kid. Yeah, you'd get a t-shirt with like an iron on patch of the Fonz or something. And then it would just say also Amy on it for no reason. I had one with Miss Piggy riding a motorcycle. They were like really shiny. And then it said Meg. You could pick which, like were your letters pink and glittery, but that your name had anything to do with the Fonz or Miss Piggy. Like it's a complete non sequitur, but you wore it. But it was just so awesome. I mean, I'm getting like joy chills talking about it. Like I don't I endorse that and it should come back, but I think the idea that your toddler has their own brand and everything they wear is branded with the brand is a little strange. And I've never seen a monogram on a car, Tina, but I'm not going to say you're wrong that there shouldn't be one. I want to jump straight to Jennifer's hilarious hot take. I know Jennifer in real life and she's a hilarious person, but her hot take is simply, Barney is a fat purple I just love it. It's like, that's the hot take that like at 3 a.m. that thought just comes to you. And you're like, I wish I could share this with someone. Is Barney an oldie locks alert? Like do kids today even know what Barney is? Back in my day. I don't know. That's a good question. Hit us up on Facebook, guys. Do you still know who Barney is? Barney was, you know, there's an urban legend about Barney that my kids swore by. And I had to be like, that's not true because then I would have known about it. I would have seen it on Twitter that the end of Barney was the person playing Barney cursed on the air at children. I'm like, well, first of all, wasn't a live show. Second of all, like definitely didn't happen as I would have seen that if it happened. That's a classic like urban myth thing. That's a real story that happened in like the 50s when TV was live, but they've just transposed it onto Barney. How dare they slander Barney, that fat purple. Here's my hot take. Barney is Grimace from McDonald's and they should sue for copyright infringement. I have to say I missed Barney. I was too old to watch Barney and then I didn't have kids who were into Barney. My kids were, I missed it. So, like, I have no feelings about Barney, but I like that Jennifer hates him enough to go to Facebook and write mean things about him. Makes me very happy. Kathy says she doesn't get the whole Instapot thing. It's not a hot take for me, but I'm going to say, Kathy, I did get the Instapot because everybody told me to and I've used it, like, twice so far. Yeah. Instapot is like a cult. Like, you're in it or you're out of it. It's like CrossFit. Like, it's like, if you like it, you talk about nothing else. But if you don't like it, you don't get it at all. I should see if you can make bacon in an Instapot because then maybe I could use it for that. Is there a piece of the Instapot that pulls out to wash? 
Because it's like the crock pot. I don't like washing. This is a hot take. I don't like washing anything that has a cord coming off of it. Like it's like those big griddle things. Like my sister-in-law and brother have one. It's like I love them for making pancakes, but I don't like to wash something that has a cord attached to it. I feel so flummoxed by that experience. I'm like, this will involve me dying while trying to like clean the griddle. Yes, it has an inner pot that you can lift out that doesn't have a cord coming out of the inner pot. Justine says randomly, I don't like Dr. Seuss. If you have to make up a word every time you can't find a word to rhyme, maybe you're not that good of a writer. Again, it's just like Dr. Seuss is just randomly taking shrapnel in this thread, which I enjoy. Who knew that he was going to get involved? I'm not sure that she's wrong. Angela, I'm going to give you one that I totally agree with. I don't buy school pictures. I was just getting harassed over email from like a bot, not a person like, but you haven't signed up for your son's school pictures. And we're extending the deadline, you know, one more time just for you because you've been signed up for the school pictures. Like, I don't want them. I mean, they are kind of funny. They're a good sort of like blackmail material for a decade from now. Like they are never good pictures of my children and I don't want them. Yeah, I agree. School pictures are horrible. Somebody just posted, I'll find it and put it on Facebook and actually credit them, but it was a meme and it said, calm down school picture company. I do not need a body pillow with my kid's face on it. And it's like school pictures, again, it's like another thing that used to be like, you got like a couple of ugly wallet sized pictures of your kid and you could hand them out to relatives. And now it's like, do you want this giant blanket knitted with your child's face on it, like making a weird face in the backyard of school. And it's like, I don't. But also it was like back in the day, right? Like your third grade picture of you, which was still a horrible picture of you, by the way, was the only picture of you that your parents would own or share with anybody. You didn't have a camera in your back pocket all the time, you know, to show like, oh, here are the 18 pictures of my kid I took yesterday. Here are the best 18. It was your mom would have a picture of you in her wallet in case anybody asked, oh, like how big is Amy now? And It was still a terrible picture, but it's all there was. Yeah. Good point. That's why there were wallet pictures. Now we don't need those anymore. Right. Who has wallets? (laughs) All right. We are going to take a break because we are going to come back with some heavy hitters. We're going to come back with some really random and hilarious hot takes, guys. Okay. Today on the podcast, we're talking about hot takes and we got a lot of adult hot takes from the moms out there on Facebook. And so we thought it would be a good idea to hear from the next generation. And so now we're going to get some blazing hot takes from children. Fairies are real. Fairies are real. A blazing hot take. Tell me more. A lot of people don't think fairies are real. And when I look for fairies, they say that you should stop wasting your time. But you're not listening to the crowd. You're saying, controversial hot take, fairies are real, and I'm going to keep looking for them. Yep. Moms should let their kids play Fortnite. You hear that? This seems to be a hot take directed directly at one person in this room. Does your mom let you play Fortnite? No, surprisingly. Your hot take is Fortnite is fine for kids. Because it is. I like Mark Ruffalo better than Edward Norton as the Hulk actor. In fact, Edward Norton stinks in the Hulk movie. And you're standing by that statement. 100%. Nicole Yoga is undoubtedly better than Joel Embiid. Not only is his offensive impact way, way, way greater because of the way that he can pass the ball and run an offense and lead the Denver Nuggets to the second best record in the Western Conference, but also Joel Embiid's defensive impact, which is so highly spoken of, 
is only present for 60 games out of every season. Anybody who thinks that you put milk in before the cereal is just completely wrong. Anyone who thinks homework is a good idea really just doesn't get the brain of kids. And you come home from a long day of school and you think you can finally relax. But that's not true because you have homework. And weekend homework makes absolutely no sense. Weekends are supposed to be time where you can relax and take some time for yourself. But no, you have to do homework. That is craziness. Thank you very much for your hot take. Okay. Good luck with that fairy searching. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amy, can I hit you with some really funny ones that are just like, why are people even thinking about this? Okay. Monica says, I don't like the pointy ends of French fries. I like the potato part not being stabbed by the crispy point in my mouth. Like this, why is this a problem? I've literally never thought to myself, I wish French fries weren't so stabby. I have thought to myself, I wish all French fries were the crispy pointy part. Like I wish this was only all French fry. Agree. Like the only crispy. French fries are definitely the kind of thing. There are two things in the world that I think that people are just, they acclimate to and they can never change. And those two things are French fries and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Those are the two things. It's like, there's one way to do it. And I cannot brook any other opinion on how it should be done. French fries should be as skinny and crispy as possible. Yes, I totally agree. Shoestring. They should have no, no skin remnants on them. There shouldn't be a soft, puffy part of them at all. No. Like a steak fry? Why? That's not even a French fry. That's just an insult to humanity. I, like, I'm so thirsty thinking about it. You, like, it's like having powder in your mouth. And of course, when you get them, you eat them anyway, and it's just a sad exercise and disappointment the whole time. You're like, I'm eating the steak fry, but it's awful. Steak fry just means huge piece of bland baked potato. Gummy potato. Horrible. I want mine like matchstick thin and really not crispy like brown burnt crispy, but I want them skinny and crispy. Here's my hot take on French fries. You can have none or a hundred, but it's very hard to have four. So I try not to even start eating them because then I will eat all of them. I feel like it's impossible to have a handful. Just do only eat them on airplanes, Sammy. There's your solution. You're fine. Oh, all right. I'll bring them with me. <laughs> Meg, not me, another Meg, says, when you're making PB&J, you put the PB on one slice of the bread and the jelly on the other and then put those together. You do not put the peanut butter on the bread and then put jelly on top of the peanut butter. And people were like, this caused a controversy, the likes of which we've never seen on the Facebook group before, because people were just so outraged by the idea that anyone would put jelly on top of the peanut butter. And use the same knife in the peanut butter and in the jelly. There are people who do that. If you're a person who puts jelly on top of the peanut butter, just leave the Facebook group now because there's no home for you there. Like people will, the mob will come for you. I am so glad that my children don't really eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches anymore because I discovered to my horror that I married somebody who thought it was fine to put the peanut buttery knife in the jelly and then not make no attempt to cover your tracks. Just do it openly and leave the evidence for everybody to see and think that that was fine. That marriage can't be saved, Amy. Well, yeah, we're still here, but the way we fixed it is 
having our children outgrow eating peanut butter and jelly. I mean, it was horrible a decade ago. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly is one of those things, too. Like, I, it has to be on white bread. Thick layer of peanut butter, almost invisible layer of jelly. That's the only correct way. Yes. A goopy jelly, a schmear, a tiny micro layer of jelly. <laughs> and if you disagree, stop listening to the podcast. We can never be friends. What flavor? Like grape only or like any? Grape only. What are you saying? Like grape, like smuckers. That's just like weird, like chemicals. Fake sugary grape jelly in a tiny layer. Peanut butter and jelly is the other thing besides ketchup that I developed a pregnancy related, like horrible aversion to. I actually would not eat a peanut butter and jelly anymore. I eat peanut butter toast, but I would not eat jelly on my peanut butter anymore. Now I've become an adult and now I like a little fancy jam on stuff, but I wouldn't actually eat like gummy gelatinous jelly on anything anymore. Julie has a hot take that I think she's right. I had never thought about this. Julie, you were right though. People sing happy birthday way too slowly. Come on, people. It's a happy song. Pick up the tempo, Julie says. I love this one because it just really made me laugh. Like it's something that I did not even know I was annoyed about until Julie reminded me about it. And she's absolutely correct. It's kind of a minor like happy birthday. It sounds sort of like, I hope you have a happy birthday, but I don't think you will. I feel like in these divided times, we need a resolution on the pace of happy birthday because everyone could come together to be like, let's pick this thing up. Let's move it along. It's like a funeral dirge. Well, we could just have a new song because happy birthday was written by like, two women who are sisters or something like that. And did you ever notice on any TV show, any movie, even any like group of people, you can't sing the happy birthday song or they'll find you and charge you like $100. So you can't sing it in any group of people more than the ones you're related to. So I think we should just pick a new song that's faster. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Let's go to that. Or there's the kids do one now. Oh, the kids today. The kids do one now that's like H to the A to the PPY. Have you heard that? No. Yeah, my kids sing it. It's like something they learned at school. It's cute. I don't know if we're getting rid of happy birthday, but it is terrible. Can we get rid of the are you one, are you two that the kids do after happy birthday? Can we stop that? Mm, I think it's kind of cute. It's also really slow, though. Like, if you're going to do it, put a little spirit into it. Yeah, but I'm always throwing the birthday party where I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, we got to kill time until the parents get here. And I'm like, let's go for it. Are you one, are you two? Are you one? Maybe that's who started it, like a mom who like none of the parents were there yet. I'm saying that's an absolute yes. Tracy has a random one, which I also like, which a lot of people had thoughts on. No alarm should be set in anything but numerals of five or zero. Setting an alarm for 642 is cruel and unusual. Can you do that? Can you set an alarm for like something that has a two or a three at the end? That seems crazy to me. It would never occur to me that was possible. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all, but I like that it bothers Tracy. Does she know? Tracy, do you know somebody who does set their alarm for like 551? And why would they? I do. Like on purpose? Or are you just like, you know, wherever the number stops, it stops? I have no feelings about this. Like wherever it stops. But also like on the iPhone, sometimes it's like a spinny thing that you set. And I just spin it and I'm like, eh, if it's in the 40s, it's fine. Like, yeah. Ish. Yeah, I'm ish on the alarm. Oh, I definitely would be like, I would definitely move it back to... Yeah, I like that that bothers people. It doesn't bother me at all. I was talking to someone about a TV show yesterday and they were like, I can't stand how that guy's eyebrows were so tweezed. And I was like, wow, not only did I not know you cared about that, I didn't know that anyone cared about that. Like the things that bother people, 
I could think about and talk about all day. I find it so winning that people are annoyed by the way that someone's eyebrows are tweezed. Like, if I thought of 8 million things, I would never think about that. I think, yeah, men have it hard with the eyebrows. Because there are men out there who should tweeze their eyebrows, but to look like you tweeze your eyebrows, unless you're a, like, you know, queer eye for the guy with good eyebrows guy. Like, if you're the, unless your, like, whole self is having your eyebrows groomed, I think the average... Like hetero guy walking around does not want to look like he has his eyebrows groomed. But if you've got the like Bert and Ernie like thing going in the middle, what are you going to do? I have literally never in my life thought about what anyone's eyebrows look like. Like I don't, I guess like they're, oldie locks alert, we are hitting them hard in this episode. But there used to be a guy on TV named Andy Rooney. Back in my day. And he had like crazy spidery eyebrows. They were like four feet long and stuck out in every direction. And I remember people were like, Andy Rooney's eyebrows. And I was like, oh yeah, he does have bunkers eyebrows. That is the only person whose eyebrows I've ever thought about in my life. Eyebrows. It's just not on my radar. I think about a lot of nonsense, but I don't think about eyebrows. You mentioned spiders and I wanted to give a shout out to Dixie who says spiders aren't scary. That's her hot take. And I am, yes, Dixie, like my kids are such fraidy cats about bugs and in particular spiders. And I'm always like, but the spider means there's fewer other bugs. Like spider is your friend. Charlotte's Webb. All right. I put a spider on your face. How do you react? I wouldn't be that on my face. I, you know, I don't want you to put anything on my face, but I'd be, I would honestly be more grossed out by you putting ketchup on my face than a spider. Oh, I mean, I would too, but I mean, spiders are, I don't mind a spider. If I see one outside, I'm like, oh, there's a spider. But if a spider is in my bed, we got a problem. What about cilantro? Cilantro, I love, but cilantro is a genetic thing. They have found that there is a gene that makes cilantro taste different to different people. So I feel that cilantro is not a hot take. Shannon says cilantro. If it tastes like soap to you, it's because you don't have the right gene. It's like rolling your tongue is great. It's like not a hot take. It's a genetic problem. Shannon says it's a devil's weed, but see, you're saying that it's the right gene to like cilantro. I feel like there's an inherent... No, no, no. I'm just saying there's a genetic difference between people who like and don't like cilantro. So it's like saying blonde hair is great and brown hair is bad. Like there's no... To me, it's not a hot take because cilantro tastes different to different people for a verifiable reason. All right. I'll give you a hot take that's very controversial. Sarah says participation awards and trophies are the worst... I have occasionally skipped the last practice so my kid doesn't get one. I mean, I totally agree. So not a hot take to me because, of course, they're terrible. And this is an, another thing. Like my hot take on the world, which I screed about as often as possible on the podcast, and someday I will make Amy let me do a whole episode where I just scream about garbage. And Sarah also says goodie bags are terrible. Like, yes, anything that creates useless garbage on Earth is terrible. Trophies are pretty hard kind of garbage because they are junk like 10 minutes later, but you can't, they feel hard to throw away. And there are now companies that try to recycle trophies because like, yeah, the trophy industry has exploded and trophies are fundamentally garbage. They have no purpose in the world. It's a statue. It never occurred to me to go to a length of like, we're not going to the last super soccer star so you don't get a participation trophy because kids are pretty excited about them. But yeah, my daughter had a swimming teacher very little, like she was like two and like putting her face in the water and, you know, stickers and things like that are huge for a two-year-old, huge currency. But he had these participation trophies and he would give her one after every lesson and then I just would bring it back and he'd be like, give her the same one. Like while she wasn't looking, I just handed him the trophy back and she was delighted with it every time. Every time. It was like a new day. So I guess I feel like it's garbage that I am okay with, but Sarah's not. No, I'm team Sarah. Garbage. Garbage. 
I love Shannon who says listening to my child sing makes me want to stab myself in the ears with pencils. I mean, it's not that hot a take because I feel like most people feel this way, but saying it out loud, I think makes people feel really good. It's a hot take. I mean, that is like on fire, Shannon. <laughs> well, I mean, I think most people hate the sound of children singing, but admitting that you hate the sound of your own child singing, I guess that is kind of hot. I hate 1877 cars for kids. I hate that kind of children singing. Well, that's not a hot take. And I hate when my kids sing that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a hot take. I hate the Broadway kids sound, like the really like nasally bright sound. Wait, yes, but this is not a hot take. Everyone hates that sound. You're not going to find people who are like, you know what I love? Irritating children singing commercial themes. Like the Annie bus and truck tour company sound I hate. Yeah, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. But your own kid, Shannon, do you just mean like in the bathtub or do you mean like at the school concert? I'm curious. I need more information about this. No, no, no. She follows up by saying like, it's like the kid singing around the house. And she's like, I think she's a tone deaf and it's just a horrible sound. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Then I understand. Yeah. We have a lot of dog hot takes, which... For me, are not hot takes because I think if you listen to this podcast, you know that I hate all animals and living things. Although you are, she's a cat owner. I'm going to say like she. Yeah, but like a barely cat owner. My cat never comes home. <laughs> she's here somewhere. <laughs> Mary, I know her in real life. And unfortunately, our friendship ends because she says dogs should sleep in bed. Wrong. Horrible. No dogs in the bed. In our house, the dogs sleep in some kids' beds and not other kids' beds, and certainly not mine. It's up to you in my house, and we. my hot take is no. CW says no to all dogs, too much work, and I love all my friends who love their doggies. I would up that hot take and be like, don't show me pictures of your dog. I don't want anything to do with your dog. When people pull out a phone and are like, let me show you my dog, I'm like, I mean, I don't want to. See, I need a wallet-sized photo of Marshmallow because sometimes people will ask me about my dog and then I pull up my phone and I'm like scrolling like I must have one somewhere. I'm not a huge dog photo taker, so maybe I'll bring her to school for the school photos and then get a body pillow with <laughs> For me, for my birthday. Yeah, for you. I have to hit Jessica and like, again, I hate to ban people from the podcast and I hate to ban people from the Facebook group because we love our listeners, but... Jessica comes in hot with the opinion athletic clothing should be worn for working out only. Why has athleisure wear become a thing? I mean, Jessica, that hot take is coming right at me and I can't accept it. <laughs> Without my athleisure, like I'm nude. I love athleisure. It's comfy. I feel like athleisure has become a thing not because fashion told us it was acceptable, but it was because we were all just wearing it anyway. We all put it on. It's exactly the opposite. Once we realize that yoga pants didn't pinch or grab you at any part of your body. They became all day, every day wear, and you'll pry them for my cold dead hands. Like, come after my yoga pants at your own price, Jessica. My hot take is that putting on athleisure when you get up in the morning is half as good as actually exercising because your intentions are, you're wearing your intentions. I will probably think about working out at some point today, hopefully. And I also think it makes you look like a person who works out and can fool people into thinking like if you put on like I used to think this all the time, really, about doctors and nurses, like how great to be able to wear scrubs all day. First of all, you look like you have a cool job. And second of all, you're comfy as heck, you know, and that's what athleisure basically is like. Look at me. I might go to the gym at any time. And also, I'm very comfy. The leisure part of athleisure is speaking to you. 
But the thing that I like about athleisure is who are you to say whether I'm leisuring or athletic? Right. You don't know that I didn't go to the gym. You might be training for a marathon. You can suspect that I didn't go to the gym based on other indicators, but you have no right to say I didn't go to the gym. You don't know that. Look, the point of this whole thing is that you do you and your hot take might not be mine. I think raisins are wonderful, but you are entitled to your own hot take no matter how crazy it is, Andrea, when you say that Goodnight Moon is the worst book ever. Andrea says we should bring back book burning just to get rid of all copies of this quote-unquote book. (laughs) (laughs) That's, as my kid would say, sick burn. Yeah, sick burn for one of the most harmless things that has ever been created, the book Goodnight Moon. Right, like what is bothering you so much about? Is it the brush or is it the bowl full of mush? What is upsetting you so much? I'm here to say, Andrea, if you feel that strongly about Goodnight Moon, you have come to the right place to be you because we don't judge a mother's strong feelings on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and we welcome everyone to this podcast, except for people who like deviled eggs. That's all. I'm just going to say, like, and people who come at our athleisure wear. Like, other than that, yeah, I mean, there are certain people, you will be getting a notice on the Facebook page if you're here by band from the group. But other than that, welcome to all and all of your hot takes. Guys, if you have not read through this thread on Facebook, we literally got to like a third of these hot takes. Make sure you join our What Fresh Health Facebook group on Facebook because that's where the thread is. You have to answer a couple questions and then we approve you and you're in. And not only for this thread, the Facebook group is full of like funny, hilarious moms who are sharing advice and it's the place to be. In case you don't know the difference, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, the difference between a page and a group, right? So the page is where we put up all the new episodes every week and, you know, stuff we think is funny. And the Facebook group is where you guys can talk to one another and where hilarious things like Where the Wild Things Are is a Terrible Book can be expressed to a group of people who it's a safe place for your unpopular opinions. And we love being part of it with you all. And you start by finding that at facebook.com forward slash what fresh hellcast. So get over there and find your way around. You can also find us on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at what fresh hellcast. And I usually put up links in research, no research this week. You guys brought all the hot takes for us. But you can always find all our past episodes, all the research, everything you want to know on our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com that guys go do you we'll talk to you next week right bye